Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Now I invite everyone to stand for a reading of the gospel, the gospel of John chapter 11, verses 35 through 45. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been there dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man came out. His hands and feet were bound with strips of cloth, and his face was wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. We've probably all been there at some point in our lives. When you're driving down the road, when you walk into a room, when you step outside, and you ask yourself, what's that smell? Sometimes when you're driving down the road, you have the unpleasantness of it being a dead skunk. Sometimes it's a room full of toddlers at the end of a long preschool day. Sometimes it's the neighbor burning sticks and leaves. And then there are other times when it might be something different. You're driving down the road, and you see the red Hot Now sign on at the Krispy Kreme, and then you recognize the smell. Or when you walk into a room and there's the familiar scent of homemade pasta sauce with garlic and onions and spices. Or when you walk outside to the neighbors grilling something and you wish you hadn't put your deteriorated grill on Craigslist the day before for free. There's a big difference between saying, what's that smell? What's that smell? And here we are getting closer to Easter and dealing with the smell and the stench of a dead man, Lazarus, while we're waiting on the presence and the promise of an abiding Christ who comes to us to offer new life on Easter. And if you're like me, you feel stuck again between the reality of life, that Lenten season which tells us to mortify our flesh, to give up and to put on And the promise that we are Easter people, that we celebrate and share eternal life. 
And here we have some of my favorite verses from John's gospel, and not so much that they are verses that I turn to when I'm in need or I'm panicking, but they're verses that spawn a lot of preacher jokes. Preacher jokes are like dad jokes, but worse because there are fewer preachers here today than there are dads, and preachers just aren't that funny. I've come to that realization eventually. Of course, these preacher jokes are not really jokes at all. They're just cleverly disguised observations, but it's more complicated because these preacher jokes are only good if I had Amberly read in the King James Version, which I didn't want her to read in because then I'd spoil the punchline. For instance, most of you probably know that the shortest verse in Scripture was where Reverend Gray began. Jesus wept. Two verses. Most memorized because it's the shortest. But then there's the other verse in the King James Version that's more honest and more understandable and laughable because it is in King's James English. And it goes like this, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Lord, he stinketh. You can use that at your own free will. And hopefully Candace won't teach the children that up in children's church this morning. But there's more than short verses and smells in today's gospel reading. There's more than silly verses that make us think. There's more here than what we see. There's more here than what we hear with our ears. There's more than jokes. There's more than phrases and there's more than brevity. Because what's at stake, what's at work, what is present in our reading today is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus wept, when Jesus begins to weep, we hear it also. And Jesus begins to weep. When Jesus weeps, we are reminded that Jesus offers us life because he gave us his life. Mary, repeating what Martha had already said, tells Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus wept. They believed in the life of Jesus so much that they blame Jesus for Lazarus' death. Earlier on in the chapter, Jesus hears of Lazarus' death and turns and goes the other direction. Can you imagine if you knew the source of life and you wanted Christ to do a miracle for you and your family, and God went the other way? Mary is mourning so much that Jesus saw her weeping and saw everyone else weeping too, and Jesus wept. Weeping is more than tears. It includes wailing and lamentation for the dead. It is not the type of expression one may find with a child who stubbed their toe or ran into a wall because they weren't looking, or that cry that you hear at the end of a long day in the toddler preschool room, or of Duke fans whose season ended a week earlier than expected, or Auburn fans who just discovered they had a basketball team. See, I'm an equal opportunity offender. This is a different kind of weeping in John's gospel. There's an expression of mourning and grief. Some traditions even captured their tears of mourning, of weeping, in tear jars to remind them of how far God would bring them. 
Mary is weeping, accompanied by others, maybe even professional mourners, funeral crashers, if you will, who are also there paid to weep. But then Jesus wept. Why? As an act of solidarity with those who grieve. And that's the God that enters into the frailness of our lives, into our fragile and our broken places, and reminds us that in spite of our sadness and our anxiety and our worries and our fear, God weeps also. We are not alone in the midst of hurt, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of brokenness, and God is present with us when we weep because Jesus wept. Jesus wept for the world. Jesus wept for Jerusalem. But his weeping was also a resistance against death, against the stench of Lazarus that was rising from four days dead in the tomb. Jesus is going to heal Lazarus, but Jesus is also greatly disturbed. Maybe Jesus is tears were there because he was angry, greatly disturbed and angry in the face of death, greatly disturbed and angry at the people who are there to put on a show, to rub it in Jesus' face that he did not get there soon enough, angry at death for its hold over Lazarus and its hold over us. And maybe he waited just to make sure that Lazarus was absolutely dead before he took the next steps. Because Lazarus stinketh. He hath been dead for four days. Death stinks. But death is not final. Lazarus was really dead and Jesus responds with tears and then with healing. Jesus does not shrink in the midst of tears, in the midst of fear, in the midst of the crowds. He confronts death heads on. He marches right up to the tomb, commands the stone to be removed from the entrance, and weeps because he knows there's more. He weeps because he is met with the absence of life. He weeps over death because he knows there is life and freedom in God and death does not have the final say. And the resurrection and the life weeps in the face of death. New life is found in the midst of the stink. New life is found in the midst of the brokenness. And new life is found when we come to this table and smell a bread and drink a juice that we did not make ourselves. Because Jesus weeps before we ever come to this table, before we ever come to these kneelers, before we ever come to this altar. Jesus has wept, and you have wept, and we will weep again. But death does not have the final say, because new life is on its way. And we know this, that new life comes in the midst of the stink because Jesus says, unbind him, let him go. New life is on the horizon. Drug and alcohol addiction, unbind it and let it go. Self-hatred and low self-esteem, unbind it and let it go. Depression, 
Sadness, unbind it and let it go. Suicidal thoughts, let it go. Unbind it and let it go. Systems and structures of oppression, unbind them and let them go. Prejudice and hatred and racism of any kind, unbind it and let it go. Illness and disease, unbind it and let it go. Feelings of being unloved and unlovable, unbind it and let it go. Discouragement and distraught, unbind it and let it go. Jesus is telling you to unbind yourself. And when you can't unbind yourself, find someone who will help unbind your chains for you and go. Be free. And let the tears of Christ wash over you in the midst of the stink. That's what brings us to the table today. That's what brings us into worship. That's the grace of God that is available to us Because grace is not grace if it's predictable, if it's programmable, if it's on demand or waiting for us. And sometimes God takes four days. Sometimes God takes 40 years. Sometimes God takes 400 years to move to a place where we say, aha, I get it. The smells that we make are the ones where we praise ourselves. And yet, the smells that God makes for us, the things that enlighten our senses, this bread and this cup, we did not make. We did not do. And what God has made does not stink. I hope you smell something today. Not just the smells that have brought you in here, not just the mothballs that you found in the paper towel rolls, not just the cleaner that permeates our halls, not just the smells of your neighbor's perfume or cologne, but the smells and the tastes and the touches of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when we come to this table, we do so knowing that Jesus weeps for us. But there is new life when we come unbound to let ourselves be loved by the one who is sweet and pleasant and does not stink. What's that smell? You are invited to be the fragrance of Christ. The places where people catch a glimpse, catch a whiff of the good work that God is doing in you and through you and be invited into this place And then come back next week when you ask what's that smell and are reminded that it's the hot dogs and hamburgers of the Easter egg hunt that are going to be waiting for us as we celebrate Palm Sunday and the coming of Easter Sunday. Invite someone to come with you, but invite someone into the presence so that they might ask themselves, what's that smell? And we may point them to the resurrected Christ. As you go out into this world, go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. 
For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.